Welcome back, SideQuesters, to Season 2. This is Episode 5, and today we have Sid with us in the studio. Woo! What's up? Thank you guys for having me. Excited to uh, chat tonight. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're excited to have you. Thank you for coming. Um, another local artist here with us today. Um, I have a lot of big news and probably things to share uh, throughout the podcast and the show. Uh, and with that being said, let's roll. Keep on rolling. Alright SideQuesters, we have a really fun episode for you guys today with Sid here today and um, we always like to start off by asking um, all of our local artists uh, one question and that is where you began um, as a raver turned artist and also just like as a person like how you found raving and um, or EDM or EDM and um, how it's kind of impact your life. I mean, you're an artist, so clearly it has made some kind of effect um, into your life. So just, yeah, all the steps leading up to where you are today. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, if I really think back to when I started uh, falling in love with EDM, it was actually probably way back in middle school um, when I was actually a big hip hop head. Like hip hop's definitely yeah. my first like genre of music that I fell in love with. Um, but I remember I discovered uh, Arl Grimes' Love Sosa remix, <laughs> and then he also dropped a remix of uh, Mercy by Kanye, I think that same year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that, when I heard those, like, it sounded like something I'd never heard before, you know? Well, like something I'd never heard before, but yeah, oddly familiar. Yeah. Um, so I think that kind of, for a while I was just super into trap music like I just had like the official trap city all trap music YouTube channels mm -hmm. going on in the background no matter whatever I was doing this funky yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then I think like I was just always like listening to like a lot of trap a lot of hip-hop especially during that time like uh, you know maybe around 2015 and stuff like hip-hop was really popping off yeah, during that yeah. time you know you had like uh, Kanye was dropping, Jay-Z, the Migos, J. Cole, Kendrick, like all of those people oh, yeah. were coming out like, yeah. you know, amazing time in hip-hop. Um, but at the same time, like the trap scene and like just EDM in general was starting to get really big. Like I also discovered like Excision around that time and I, I would just be listening to like this dubstep music while I'm doing my homework yeah. <laughs> like that, you know? Dude, like when uh, you're in like the office, right? And everybody's just doing their work, but yeah. you got some Excision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's literally me in the office because yeah, I'm my own office. Yeah, I'm my own office at work and I have computer speakers like attached to my computer setup at work. Uh, and so, like, <laughs> people will walk by my door and I have like a sunset lamp and like I work with the lights off. And they're like, damn, it's like a whole ass raving. <laughs> <office." laughs> like, I was like playing like the Lost Lands, uh, Woo's oh, yeah. Lost Lands set uh, on. I want to say it was Thursday, mm. and I was just like vibing to Wooly the entire time, and then my coworker <laughs> came in and was just like, "Wow, you're like actually just literally couching, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like just yeah. in my office the whole time." It's kind of cool. It's also funny you mentioned the homework thing because uh, one of our friends, Daniel, uh, uh, from the the frat, uh, yeah, yeah, he. Mm -hmm. He was like my, my first friend in college, mm -hmm. and similar to you, I got into EDM like middle school, high school. Uh, you know, Skrillex was the big one. Yeah, for, me. for sure. Um, and I remember just uh, I went to Paradiso when Skrillex played in 2019, and then I took like the fattest break from from EDM. And so my like freshman year of college, uh, uh, like Paradiso was me getting back into EDM because before that I had taken like this break. Yeah. And 
um, I went my freshman year of college. Um, Daniel was my first friend ever in college, and he was like obsessed with like Tiesto, and, <laughs> yes, yeah. and he would be like listening to EDM while doing homework. Meanwhile, I'm over there like what you were doing. Like I'm over there listening to fucking like Travis Scott, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. like um, ASAP Rocky, yeah. and like a, a bunch of like hip hop, yeah. like trap and rap and all that shit. And then I would just shit on Daniel, like, I got sick of EDM, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, Listening yeah. to this while, how can you do this while doing homework? <laughs> then I look back and it's like, how was I able to write essays while listening to rap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm just like, how? But I, I don't know, somehow I did. But it's just like, it came full circle because, like, now I'm more invested in the scene than Daniel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it's like kind of crazy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's just kind of that's kind of cool. Like, <laughs> our stories kind of, kind of are similar. Yeah, for you know, sure, for things. sure. Yeah, I don't mean, I even remember like being a huge hip hop head. Um, like, a lot of people were like, they would always be confused when I told them the music that I'm listening to, you know? Mm -hmm. They're like, why are you listening to this gangster rap? And stuff like that. Yeah. And it's so funny because like, you know, within a couple of years after that, like all of that kind of like trap, like the Migos and stuff, they were at the top of the charts, you know? Yeah. Only a couple of years after that. And all of a sudden those same people that were asking me those questions yeah, were listening yeah. to the same yeah. stuff that I was listening to. Um, but anyways, like back to the, journey of being a raver i guess yeah. um so like growing up in southern california there's a great like uh music scene there uh, you mm -hmm. know some people might even say that's like some of the best in the country mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so like i think as i was getting close towards the end of high school um i had a lot of friends that were trying to go out to concerts more often mm -hmm. um so we got the opportunity to see giant wolf um, mm. And then we saw Elenium, like all of, like we saw these guys in like super small clubs, like at the time. Um, and that was when I think one thing when it comes to electronic music is it really clicks for people once they experience it live because yeah, yeah. because the thing is uh, at the end of the day it's called EDM, right? The D stands for dance. It's yeah. not just sit at home yeah. on your chair music. Like you're not gonna get the whole experience that way. But when you actually go to the event and you're there dancing to that music and you're experiencing it live, it's all some makes way more sense in that environment. Yeah. Um, so I went to a couple of those concerts and then I went to college in upstate New York where there was like not really any scene for that at all. Yeah. Um, but what we would do is like we almost had a tradition of like going down um, to New York City uh, because it would always be like the week right after we started the semester that Electric Zoo would happen. So oh. we go down to the EZU. Um, and I think that was kind of when like I experienced like my first like true like festival yeah. um, kind of scene. Uh, and I think from that point on, like this also kind of coincided with me like taking DJing like more seriously, or, like becoming a DJ. So I started DJing when I started college, mm -hmm. and I was just DJing like these um, frat parties or apartment parties. But at the time, I was spitting hip hop, like yeah. straight hip hop all the time. Um, but after I would go to a couple of these raves with my friends and like seeing like all these people are actually reacting very positively to EDM. Um, and given that I'd always loved it for so long, I was like, okay, let me just start uh, playing more electronic music in my sets. And it was just way more fun that way. Once mm. I started playing like electronic stuff, uh, I think I got a bit jaded with the hip hop DJing because like the hip hop like landscape, especially when it comes to the party music, the stuff that you hear in the clubs, like mm -hmm. that music has stayed the same for so long now. Mm -hmm. So like yeah. it gets kind of tiring always playing the same music out. And like when you go to like, let's say a hip hop club, 
you want to hear those songs that you, you know the, the words right? to. Like yeah. you want to hear the hits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like I was like, man, like I'm getting kind of sick of like always playing the same like Fifty Cent songs or Missy yeah. Elliott and stuff. Yeah. Um, versus the electronic community, like the rave scene, is way more receptive to stuff that they haven't heard before. You know, yeah. all that matters is if the drop is sick. If it's gonna be yeah. yeah. fine, they do not care if they like if the song has no words. If like they've never heard it before, like they don't care. They're gonna enjoy it. They're like, oh shit! Like you're like you look at your friends but, and you're like. I need it to yeah, drop. Right? Yeah, yeah, they hear yeah, it and they're exactly. like, what the fuck is this shit? Instead, they're just like, when is this dropping? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, you're pulling up um, Shazam. Shazam. Yeah. 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 And then Shazam's like, cannot be found. You're like, fuck, yeah. no yeah. idea. <laughs> so I think that the culture of like ravers having that like open mindedness like made DJing a little bit more fun mm. for me because I, when I started playing electronic music, I knew. Like I could experiment more with stuff that I knew that maybe they hadn't heard before because mm. regardless of you know if they heard it or not they were gonna react well to it. Mm. Um, but you like you're like you were talking about yeah. how you got tired of playing hip hop and then when you're playing like a lot more electronic music and DJ. Do you have like a specific like like? Cause it seems like you had something in mind. Like you saw, like when you started playing like mm-hmm. electronic music, like a show or a venue or something that you did, you performed at that was like your favorite one. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Well, or like one of the favorite. I know it's like hard to say. Like, <laughs> you mean in terms of playing electronic music, or like like a show that you did? Like what? Are the, oh, well, I think. Ones? Okay, so like if I back up a little bit, of just I think I started realizing it, uh, or like realizing the power of electronic music because. I would get kind of bored playing the hip hop and I'd yeah. throw in a couple yeah. dra- dance tracks here and there yeah. and I'm like, these guys are loving these dance tracks yeah. way more, you know? Um, and like, I would actually say that it's actually kind of funny. Like I remember playing this house party in college where like I played hip hop for like first hour or so and it was like, you know, okay. Like there was like, you know, not that much energy in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, screw it. I'm just going to play like, I play like the sicko mode Skrillex remix, oh. uh, which is a bit like kind of housey yeah. of, a, of a remix. And like people were going crazy. <laughs> and like at a, at a certain point, someone came up to me and was like, dude, stop playing this dubstep stuff. And I was like, this is not dubstep, first what? of all. <laughs> yeah. And then two, everyone's going crazy. So I'm not going to stop. Uh, and I think that was kind of the moment where I had the realization like, I need to just like really go like all in oh. on like the EDM stuff. Um, yeah. But I think like another thing was like after that I moved out here to Seattle and like I would I would go to these clubs and for the first year or so I did a lot of hip hop gigs still mm-hmm. just because I wanted to network and get my name out there. Right. Uh, but it's kind of funny because I had like a similar situation where I got booked for a hip hop night once. Mm-hmm. Um, and the energy was, you know, kind of low. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, okay, let's just play some progressive house. And then the room just gets packed. Wow. Oh. <laughs> it's packed. Um, and like, I played like clarity, and everyone's going off. And I'm like, dude, I don't even care that this is hip hop night. I'm just gonna play like all the EDM hits. And like, everyone's like going crazy. And it's funny because that night, I actually like, there's people there that were like booking for other events, and then they came up to me and were like. Oh my god! Like we haven't heard people like DJ that style here like in yeah. so long. So like, would you want to come like be part of this event or whatever? That sounds um, sick. That's awesome. Yeah. 
that's totally. just like the power of, of EDM, I think. And you were talking about like like all the remixes of like Sicko Mode or like yeah. Skrillex's Humble Remix. And, yeah. like and people are like, stop playing dubstep. I think it's so funny because if you remove the rap from any like rap track, <clears throat> what do you have? Yeah, it's yeah. trap. Yeah. It's just trap yeah. beat, it's trap. and it's like that's a genre of EDM yeah. in and of itself. So it's like because you have artists like Getter, you have artists like Troy Boy, like, sure. it's all just trap beats, yeah. and that's <clears throat> you know why do you think they oftentimes have people rapping over their songs because it's easy, <clears throat> yeah, it's easy. Yeah. like that's where that's where like it comes from. I mean like all like the Migos tracks like it's all trap in the background. Like you just remove yeah. the Migos from that. And it's yeah. just trap. EDM. And honestly, like a lot of times, like. <laughs> Some of the most successful, like, you know, EDM nights that I played, it's just like a lot of the stuff that I play is hip hop remixes, just, you know, a little bit more upbeat. Like, you put a dancier beat behind it mm-hmm. so that it works in the club, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, a lot of the other songs, like, they might have slower beats, which is like, it's hard for people to really, like, Balance, move around yeah. to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's like, if you just take those vocals and like speed it up a little bit, you know, put a couple like four on the floor beat behind them, all of a sudden, like the energy is just like, up. yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's. I feel like there's a lot more, also like more um, EDM artists that you see doing that. Like, I, like, Wooly just dropped his designer drops. Yeah, Dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was one of the ones where it's like you hear something new yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah, when like is next, he dropping this shit? He has like a next episode. Yeah, and, and then there, right? everyone yeah. went crazy when he was like, oh, go check out my SoundCloud, and we're all like, mm. <laughs> yeah. And you have like Subtronics always mixing Kendrick in his sense because yeah. he really oh, likes doing that. Yeah. yeah. And then so Elenia mixing Posty. Yeah. 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 I mean, what I really love about both those genres, though, is like the use of sampling. Like, I think, like, mm. in hip hop, like, the use of samples is like insane. Like, they get so creative with it. And, like, in dance music, where like everything's like literally synthesized. <laughs> like, there's been so many interesting ways how people have, like, flip samples in dance music. And, like, that's why I, I think I love, like, both of them equally in that regard of um, just the creativity that you can like go in any direction with it and you can always take something old and like give it a new spin mm. um, and that's so powerful you know like the power of nostalgia like that's a huge thing and like it's kind of why everything goes in cycles right in pop culture like every 20 years you'll see the same trends kind yeah. of come and go um, but like I think EDM specifically has a lot of that power because like people aren't just limited about by the song that they made necessarily yeah. right you can literally pull from the entire spectrum of music mm-hmm. whenever you're playing at a rave. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you made that song or not, and people are going to love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, EDM too is like, you know how you're talking about cycles? It's like new. Like, yeah. this shit yeah. just, just yeah. came yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just like the accessibility too, right? Like, now you have, like you were saying, you have access to literally like any song that you want to play or like yeah. mix or whatever you want to yeah. do. Like, yeah, people that, you know, were adults, like, back in the 60s or something, like, right now, they wouldn't be able to comprehend the concept <laughs> right now, you know, like, <laughs> they wouldn't be able to comprehend it. listening to, like, yeah. They're like, how do you make that come out of just... Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, you're like, you don't use records anymore? Yeah, yeah. I have a high level of respect for, like, modern-day disc scratchers, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so insane. Even with the digital... Um, have you guys yeah. been to Shibuya? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, and it's like all only like all yeah. the DJs there are only vinyl DJs. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's super sick. Damn, yeah. dude. Oh man. Your sponsors. <laughs> 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 so I, I actually I actually am I'm I'm curious um if you could 
kind of take us into your mind a little bit. Um, by the time this episode is published, uh, you'll already have performed the set that we're about to talk about. But um, <clears throat> I'm curious to see uh, what what surprises, and you don't have to give them all away, you have <laughs> coming for for the for the crowd on Sunday at Plur in the Air. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, first off, I'm like, I'm looking really forward to it because I'm going to play a set with Josh. And like, yeah. Josh is actually one of the first DJs that I booked in Seattle, like ever. Like, once, no I, way. once I was able to, once I was in the position to book people for shows, um, I think Josh was like, probably one of the first people I ever hit up to play in like the side room of you. And I always like loved like his style of like mixing. I think like I respected him a lot because he had a lot of like similar tastes and like DJing style as me. So it kind of feels like full circle to be able to play this back to back with him. Um, Wow. But yeah, like going into it, it's kind of funny. Like I think initially we were thinking a lot about like, uh, you know, doing a little bass housey kind of stuff, but also keeping it like, kind of like loungy housewives because yeah. you know yeah. it's got a rooftop bar like yeah. that's the kind of vibe mm-hmm. uh, but then we saw like you guys added Megan and then we were like oh okay so we're just gonna go hard now you know so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun we're gonna have like a lot of fun like uh, definitely a lot of like sing-along kind of stuff nice. um, but uh, some high energy like bass house uh and I'm like really looking forward to that because I haven't even like played that kind of music in a, in quite a while at any of my gigs. So it was nice to like go crate digging a little bit for that, and like also just like reach into my library for all these songs that I haven't gotten to play um, and be able to pull them out. Uh, but yeah, I mean I'm super excited for it. It's gonna be a good time. <laughs> yeah, that sounds so. And and like I know like you guys were like originally gonna be like that back to back like like the end of the mm-hmm. night, and that would have been so sick. But I think. With me adding Megan now, it just creates so much more of this high energy hype. Yeah, and yeah. It, honestly, I, I'm curious. Like, it, I would think personally, if I were performing, right? Like, it makes it more fun because, like, now you're like, all right, uh-huh. now we can actually play shit we want to yeah, like play, sure. and it's not like we're curating to the vibe of the room or for like, sure, the venue, yeah. you know? I think, uh, like, for me personally, like, I love any kind of time slot as a DJ mm-hmm. because I. I actually really like playing the opening and the closing slots uh, because in my opinion, that's what actually makes a good DJ. It's the mm-hmm. person that can actually open a room well or close off a night well, like, because that takes a lot of discipline as a DJ, mm-hmm. right? If you're the opener to not go like insanely hard and like, you know, kill the energy because you went too hard at the beginning mm-hmm. versus like at the closer, like, you know, if you're still playing like all your hardest tracks while people are like walking out, like people get worn out, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think like the skill of being an opener or closer DJ, like that's what really, whenever I watch other people DJ, that's almost always what I use as like a barometer for how good of a mm-hmm. DJ they are. Because like, I'm not gonna lie, like anyone can play during the peak time because like people are already drunk, people want the hype stuff. So you can just go like banger to banger to banger, like back to back. Uh, versus like if you're opening you like you can turn up the energy a little bit but then you step it back and then you go like you keep like messing with the flow a little bit uh, but yeah regardless of that though I was, I was like yeah like a lot of the harder stuff like because honestly like my DJing style in general I don't go super hard like I don't play a rhythm like yeah. I'm not gonna lie I don't <laughs> play rhythm at my shows but like getting I always love the opportunity to do something different mm-hmm. and like switch it up 
because I think that's just that's also another thing that makes you a better DJ is not always playing the same kind of vibe. Yeah. Uh, so now that like you know we we're in this position where we're leading up to like the headliner and we know she's gonna go hard. Like it puts me in a position, like me and Josh in a position where we can like really think about how we want to lead up into her set. So yeah, don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna come with some bangers. That's exactly the same yeah. mindset that I'd be thinking, right? Because it's like you know, Megan, like she loves rhythm, yeah. so it's just like it's getting yeah. heavy at the end. Of it's it's so. just like she's gonna play that that really higher cool. energy, like headbang yeah. stuff, and so it's like high knees energy, yeah. and so it's like if I were like opening for her, yeah. I'd be like, I have like. I can set the mood. It gives us like a yeah, a, a bar to know like we know she's gonna go hard, so we can mess with the energy to bring it up. Like, so we're gonna be you know doing some high energy stuff. We might bring it down for a little bit, but like you know by the end, like having someone after you, it's like kind of good because it gives you a sense of like what kind of vibe you want to end off with. And I think that's also like what makes someone a good DJ. You know, like it's one thing to just do exactly what you want to do for mm -hmm. an hour. But a lot of times I've seen like, you know, you might have like a house DJ or something that goes right into a dubstep DJ and then all they do is just play like super low energy tech house and then the next person comes on and plays like huge intro or something like that doesn't really work well, like it's super jarring for the audience to yeah. hear, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. So whenever, like whenever I play events, like I always try to know like who's either going before me or after me so I can like build off of mm -hmm. like either where they left off or like build into where they're going to start off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the most interesting time that I've seen that was last year's Millennium. Mm -hmm. Because you had Tiesto playing. Yeah. 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 Into Melodic. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a really weird transition yeah. <laughs> from like that kind of energy into like watching a Millennium set. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had that same experience at Kayvon this year because the opener for Kayvon, ah, oh, what's his name? can't remember his name, but he's like a pretty big name house uh -huh. artist. And I remember everyone that went to K-Bomb, like they're all for like the melodic yeah, slash yeah. Like, dubstep, right? Yeah. And we were all there and then it was just house for like an hour and a half straight. Yeah. And like, I love house, right? But even I get sick yeah. of it after a while, especially at a show that the headliner is like a melodic dubstep headliner. I want your melodic dubstep. So, so yeah. it's like, everyone's like, bro, I just want to, I came here to headbang, not just yeah. like oops, oops, all night long, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and like, at the beginning, I was like, yeah, like this guy, like I'm so excited. And then by the end, I was like, bro, just give me a bass drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And then Kayvon came on and like tore the roof down. So it worked in the sense where yeah. it's like everyone was so sick of house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It finally happened. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah. yeah. But, um, but like, I get what you're saying with that, right? It's yeah. like, if you're like, you've got to read the room too. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like, that's what DJing is. In yeah. my opinion, first and foremost, is reading the room and playing to the, to the crowd. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's actually like, uh, it's very disappointing in a lot of ways for me, which is like, a, I think a lot of EDM DJs actually struggle with that um, because they're very like, they pigeonhole, they pigeonhole themselves. They think like, I'm a rhythm DJ, I'm a drum and bass DJ, I'm a house DJ. So they always think they have to stick to that, like stick to exactly that genre and that vibe. And then whenever they're put in a position where like that vibe isn't working, they get stuck, you know, because yeah. Because then they're like, end up just doing, stick, sticking with that vibe and like losing the crowd. And I've seen it, like, honestly, I've seen it multiple times in Seattle where like I'll go out to like a local show and like they might be a great DJ, like when it comes to, you know, their genre of music. But then I just see like the crowd starting to leave. And it's like, for me as a DJ, that's the biggest red flag, right? Like, at the end of the day, you, you, 
as a DJ, it's very important to not have an ego, in my opinion. If a DJ has an ego, that's a big red flag. Um, because you have to be willing to like understand that, like regardless of how many of your friends are there at the event, like you are not the event. You know, what's most important is that the people that are there have a good time and like they stay there, they'll go buy more drinks, they'll like hang out, right? Yeah. That's way more important than you playing like your unreleased ID that no one in the crowd likes, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think that's the thing that, that's one disparity that I've seen, especially within like EDM DJs and like uh, people that are like, more open format or hip hop, like those people are used to freestyling, used to reading the room versus a lot of the electronic DJs are like, very stuck in like doing one sort of thing uh, but that's also why like personally I don't like to like sometimes people ask me like what kind of music do you play and I'm like I don't want to say one yeah. specific thing because literally like I play different style of music based on whatever event that I'm booked for so like you know tomorrow I'll play bass house and then like uh, I'm gonna be playing like Kawhi Rave in a couple weeks and that's I'm probably gonna just be playing drum and bass to close that night and yeah. then literally that same weekend I'm playing like the Captivate the Rooftop Captain thing here and that one I'll probably just do like garage and like hip-hop like housey vibes so like and the only reason I'm able to do that is because I don't think of myself like I'm a house DJ I'm a dubstep DJ you know I'm just a DJ that's all it is you know yeah. mm. Yeah, so thanks for sharing that. That was um, honestly, like, I, I was just thinking back to, like, what Zach and I were talking about in our episode from the first season about Subtronics, right? And, like, how you're saying, like, DJs need to be able to read the room and DJs need to be able to, in a sense, yeah, play what they want to play, but also play what the crowd wants to hear yeah. them play. And I think artists like Subtronics and Excision do that really well because you look at them and you think, like, oh, they're just... Only dubstep. Only dubstep, only rhythm, only bass music, right? But then you go and then they're playing techno, they're playing house, mm -hmm. they're playing um, drum and bass. Flips, yeah. And, yeah. like, DMB flips, like, the fucking Decimate remix yeah, yeah. that... Or uh, the DMB, like, mm -hmm. remix of Decimate that Excision played at Thunderdome. Yeah. Which, by the way, like, Decimate alone is, like, my favorite yeah, Excision yeah, song. For sure. And then, all of a sudden, he just, like, sped it up, and I was like, what? And, like, what's happening? Yeah. And then the visuals change, too. Yeah. Like, oh, it, it just makes the DJ set more interesting, right? If you yeah. keep at the same BPM playing, like, you know, it's just build up, drop, build up, drop, over and over again. It's the same thing. Like, people just get tired of it. Like, if you chase, switch up the vibe, that's how you build the tension and, like, you know, make it more interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it's so cool, like, hearing from your perspective, because you do this, right? Like, this is something that you do, like, yeah. you you you, you DJ for shows, and you've got this big one coming up tomorrow, um, <laughs> and I'm super excited to hear, I'm super excited for it, period. Yeah. Like, these are all, like, bar none, like, these are local artists, like, really, yeah. really good local artists. And some of our most, I mean, And most of them are also our friends, friends yeah. which I think is really cool to think about, um, and so... Even like even even Yasu was on the show yeah, and yeah. he was just like, yo, what can I do to play at Mountaineering Club? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone wants to play there, so it's like super cool. Um, and like I said, by the time this episode is released, the show will already have happened. Yeah. Um, but we hope that some of you listeners were in attendance and got to enjoy the show. Um, and yeah, with that being said, I think you know everything that I feel like we we covered a lot of ground yeah. and a lot of good ground for that matter um, in the first part and so we're going to take our our break we're going to take half time and uh, we'll come back with a traditional shot so grab whatever you have in your liquor cabinets be ready and uh, we'll see you in part two peace
Welcome to another ad break, Sidequesters. Also, not our sponsor, but shout out Extra Spearmint because that gum hits so different in the pit. And I know all of you guys who go to raves are always fiending for gum and specifically the spearmint one. I don't know what about it, but it hits different. Shout out Boom Boom Sticks, the uh, the, the VIX of a, uh, I don't even know. It's free VIX. Free yeah. VIX. It's yeah, basically it's, that it, one, it's the tropical one. Yeah, it's, it's stronger, it's, too, it's stronger yeah. and it, it, it does the same job as VIX and there's multiple different scents. It's not the same the same one. There's some variety in there. Yeah, there's some you know tropical breeze or whatever it is. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, yeah, shout out to Sid for coming today. What do you got coming on? Your ats, first of all. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, so first off, follow me on Instagram at S-I-I-D-R-A-O. That's where I post all my updates um, and everything. Uh, but March 1st, I'm playing Kawhi Rave at Substation. We're going to be closing out the night with some drum and bass. And then March 3rd, so the same weekend, doing a little rooftop boiler room party over here. It's, that one's going to be fun. we got a bunch of local DJs. It's going to be super intimate. Uh, it's very limited tickets. Uh, so for both of these events, uh, follow me on Instagram and, and check out the links in my bio to cop some tickets for those. Awesome. Yeah, we're super excited. Uh, hopefully you guys all attend. Come support Sid um, and support local artists. Always, always support local small artists. Um, it means the world to us. It means the world to them. And on that note of support, we do appreciate you guys supporting us as a small podcast, doing what we love. And we said in the last episode, we've been saying it in every episode, we do have a giveaway going on um, for Elenium. Um, and you are entered in the chance to win Elenium tickets. So please go follow us on Instagram. And that's already step one of entering into the giveaway. Uh, and then you'll see the post. Go like the post and do what the post says. I'm pretty sure it's like tag people um, and share on your stories. Um, and you'll be entered in a chance to win some tickets to Elenium at the Gorge this Memorial Day weekend of 2024. Uh, we're super excited to give the tickets away to you. So please, please enter. It's completely free. Of charge, um, and again, not sponsored by Lenium, not sponsored by Extra Gum, and not sponsored by Boom Sick, but sponsored by Sid. So yeah, go follow Sid at S I I D R A O on Instagram, and uh, keep uh, he'll keep you posted for all the shows coming up. We love you guys, and we'll see you in part two for the shot. Welcome back, Sidequesters, to part two of episode. Five of season two of the Psychoist podcast. That is a mouthful. <clears throat> it's becoming more and more a mouthful. We, uh, of course, have Sid with us here in the studio today, as you all know. And we also pulled um, our favorite homie, Solio Sergio, whatever you know him by. Go listen to his uh, album or EP, Dragon Fruit, on all streaming platforms. He is going to be filling in for Adam today in the second half of this episode. So, welcome. <clears throat> hello, hello. Happy to be here. Sergio's been rocking with us for a while now. He knows how things go, so he's already ready with his shot glass. We're all ready with ours. If you guys are at home and you guys ready your liquor cabinet, go ahead and take the shot with us. If you are of age and not driving, cheers, everybody. And with that said, let's get this party started again. Um, so, we have a question for you. We've had... Sinful on, we've had Megatron on, we hope to have other artists that are part of the Codex Collective on, and we are curious, uh, as the, kind of the, the figurehead now of Codex, doing all the stuff behind the scenes, booking mm. people, getting shows, how did this all start? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Uh, and it's definitely very meaningful in my journey. So uh, happy to talk about this. I mean, so really it started, uh, I want to say it was, it was spring 22, spring 2022. Um, and I saw this group of people like throwing this show at the Vermilion, which is in Cap Hill, small art studio in Cap Hill. And it was just Codex Collective presenting. And it was just like four or five local DJ names that I literally never heard of. And then in the caption, it said something about like dark bass music. Um, and then I was like, I, I, at that point uh, in my like DJ career, I was still in kind of like the networking phase of like trying to figure out like what was going on in the scene, like who was out there doing what. Um, I saw this poster and I was like, okay, like. I guess that's kind of interesting, but I didn't really think much of it um, until I think a couple weeks later, like it was like the week of that show that they were doing. Um, Becky, uh, who's like one of the original founders of Codex, um, along with her husband, Mark, uh, she posted in this Discord that I'm in, um, like the same poster. She was like, oh, like I'm playing at this show, or like I'm helping throw this show. And at this point, I didn't even know her. I just like, she was just part of this Discord. Um, and then I was like, okay, like this person's part of this Discord community that I'm in, and it's something that I was sort of interested in when I saw it the first time. Uh, so that was enough to like convince me to go check it out. Um, and then I went and checked it out, and it was like, man, one of the sweatiest, most high energy shows I've ever been to. You know, like Vermilion is like the super small, like really tiny room. Like the dance floor is probably like this, like the size of this room. Yeah, like in terms of the space there actually is to like dance, maybe a little bit more. Um, and there's like no EC or anything, you know, it's just like super Ugh. sweaty. But the thing was like, I went in there and it was still like, I don't know, probably pretty early in the night, like 10, 1030. And dude, like people were like drenched. Like, people were going hard. Everyone was headbanging like crazy. Um, and at that point I was like, okay, like these guys like know what they're doing. You know, they pulled like the people that are really into this stuff. Um, and that, like that night I like introduced myself to Mark and Becky just to like, give them kudos on the show and whatnot um and that was like just like the origin of like me meeting them um the, around the same time i was working with this group uh after hours um that they were doing events at view and we would it was a lot more like open format stuff and at that point i was starting to get more involved with them and they started giving me the opportunity to like book the nights that they did there um so while this was happening, like Kodak started throwing more and more shows. So they threw like, I want to say like three or four shows that summer, um, all at the Vermilion, all like base with all local DJs. Uh, and I went to, I think almost every single one of them or like I maybe missed one, but I kept going because it was just like such a fun environment. And the fact is like, they really like had captured that feeling of like everyone there was like there for the music and the vibes you know like they were like they truly wanted to be there truly wanted to have fun um and around that so like after that summer happened um after hours was like given the opportunity to uh be the promoters for the barney and clyde show that who um was throwing at which point i was like i jumped at that opportunity because it's just like a cool opportunity to get experience um supporting a show for like a bigger artist right but what I realized is up to that point, I hadn't actually met that many like EDM DJs because I've been taking, like as I was talking about earlier, I've been doing a lot of hip hop gigs to start. Um, I didn't really know people that were playing dubstep or melodic bass or anything like that. And so I thought, who could I bring in to help me out with this event? 
And I just thought, like, who better than the people that have been throwing these shows and these, like, art galleries, like, this was my opportunity to help them get bigger, like, grow out of that, get into, like, a club environment, right? Uh, so then I called up Mark, and I was like, dude, like, does uh, Codex want to help out with this show? And I'm not going to lie, like, at that point, like, Codex put in the work, man, like, and that really inspired me because I was, like, definitely at a point where I was worried that I, maybe I bit off more than I could chew because at that point, I didn't really have any real experience um, promoting a big show like that or, like, promoting a show with an actual headliner doing, like, a niche or EDM genre. Um, and Codex pulled through, like, they pulled in a lot of their people, um, drew a big crowd, um, and that was, like, a great learning experience for us. Um, and then also at that point, Mark was just kind of like, dude, like, if you want to do more of this EDM stuff, like, just come, like, hang out with us, uh, and we'll just, like, work together and have some fun. So Codex does these kind of, like, uh, meekly, uh, meekly, weekly yeah. meetups. <laughs> we do these, like, weekly meetups where it's just a bunch of these local DJs will come through, um, they can get practice on CDJs, get feedback on their music, and it's just, like, a, just, like, a cool environment to hang out in, because everyone there is, like, passionate about the same thing as you. Uh, so Mark invited me out for that, and then I pulled up, and it was, like, one of the most, like, welcoming environments that I've ever experienced, especially as, like, a DJ that was, like, still trying to find my place in the scene, right? Um, like, you go out, and there's all these different groups doing all these, sort like, different things, and you kind of, like, it's a struggle to find that group of people that you identify with, that welcome you, that you relate to. And I think everyone, like, has, you know, it's, like, different groups for everyone, right, based on your personality or whatever. Um, so for me, I was just, like, lucky because, like, I felt really welcomed by Codex. Like, everyone there was, like, super open to talking to me, um, and they were all just, like, very interesting, very passionate people. So I, I just kind of, like, kept hanging out with them, um, and around which point I just taught, um, talked to Chuck from Vu. He's the owner, and we were like, yo, let's just do more EDM nights there. And like, we'll have Codex do a residency. So we started doing monthly shows there with Codex um, running EDM nights. And it was at a really interesting point actually, because at that point um, they were only doing hip hop shows or mostly, especially in the main room, they tried to keep the EDM to the side room and it would always be hip hop in the main room. But I think we were really able to show them over time that the EDM crowd really pulls up. Yeah. Uh, they really show their support. And not only that, but it's actually like a little bit less risky for them because people get less rowdy or like they're generally like more responsible than the traditional, I just walked in off the street looking to get really drunk at the club crowd, right? The people that are pulling up for those EDM nights, they're just there to have fun. They don't care. Like some of them obviously are there to get drunk and that's fine. But there's also a lot of people that are actually just there for the music and for the vibes and the community. And that's valuable to the club as well because they know that there's like a reliable mm. like community that they can also like tap into. Uh, so we were able to kind of like bridge um, that gap for them. Mm. So yeah, I kind of just helped them throw a couple of shows. And I felt like at, around this point is when I really started getting into the EDM scene. Um, so this is probably like early last year, like early 2023. One of my goals for last year was I want to play more gigs where I can play electronic music and not just um, like the clubby stuff, like not just like the remixes of hip hop or pop, but like, I want to play niche EDM genres because that's where like, really the community is and that's where I can really like experiment and have fun with what I'm doing uh, 
so that was why like there's kind of like mutual interest like me helping codex get into the clubs and also codex helping me get more into the EDM yeah. community in general. And now um, you're like running, like, <laughs> what is your role in Codex too? Like, yeah, I mean, I guess like showrunner slash talent buyer and like, I don't know, just general trying to push um, the boundaries of like what we're doing. I think that was one thing also is like, I tried to come in um, to Codex and like, try to set a vision, you know? Cause I think uh, Mark, like Mark's vision was basically, he just wanted to throw base shows on the weekend in mm-hmm. Seattle, which weren't happening at the time. Yeah. You know, when you really think about it, and this wasn't even that long ago, right? Mm-hmm. But it like, even just like two, three years ago, like the bass was only on weekdays. You couldn't really go to the club and hear dance music on like, or at least not like the main popular clubs yeah. and yeah. hear dance music on Fridays, Saturdays, especially not with just locals, Yeah. right? Um, so this was still like a relatively new thing. So like that was where like Mark's vision was with Codex initially was, throw bass shows with locals on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And then they achieved that with Vermillion. Uh, so I think at that point, they didn't really know where to go next with mm-hmm. it. Um, and that's where I kind of came in and I was like, you know what, we could like really build this into a community that like supports other DJs and brings people up while also featuring all these locals on bigger shows and getting like doing bigger things with bass music in Seattle. And it's really funny because I'm not even like really a bass head in Codex, especially at the time was super just like bass head heavy. Like everyone, <laughs> everyone was a bass head, everyone was trying to play dubstep and stuff like that. But I, which I think kind of like speaks to like how welcoming it really was, right? Because mm-hmm. even me, like as someone that doesn't identify with that kind of music or like really listen to it that often, I still felt like I could come in and just be homies with all of them nah. and work together to do great things. Uh, so yeah, I think like just over time, I just kept expressing interest in helping them run shows. And then we did like, we kind of s- stepped out of our comfort zone again. We booked uh, Gom last year uh, to headline one of our shows. And that was like, I think that might legitimately have been the first time in Vu's history where they had like a rhythm DJ on the main stage, like a headline in the main stage, you know? Uh, and that that show was probably like one of the best shows that we've ever done like in terms of like commercial success or whatnot uh, and I think at that point like we really realized like you know like this stuff is here to stay you know bass music on the weekends like we can make this stuff happen like we turned like as I said earlier like it used to be only hip-hop in the main room yeah. but now if like if you go there or even any of the other clubs like on <laughs> any given weekend at least one of the two days they'll have dance music playing that you know, they don't uh, restrict themselves mm. to just one genre of music anymore. Um, and they've cooked, because they've all realized, like, one, just like the rise of dance music. Mm, but two, just like, they just realized they were sleeping on this community the whole time, yeah. I guess. Just right? crowds. I mean, the rave <coughs> community and, you know, the Pacific yeah. And then like, the world was all hell, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I didn't go to Super like, Blue Lounge, like, and, and like, just yeah. to support the homies, yeah. right? You know, like, even like yesterday, went to Chieftains with a goddamn boot and crutches. This <laughs> 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 for yeah. Sergio and all that. Like, the community's like tight, tight, yeah. tight. Well, it's like what you say, Michael, right? Like, you serve the community as an artist, and the community will give back. Yeah, for yeah, sure. sure. And like, you know what's actually really interesting? So, like, I. Obviously, I've had this whole journey with Codex, but one thing that was also really important in me breaking into the electronic scene was one of the, I think, literally the second club gig I ever played in Seattle. I was in, like, the side room at VU, and I was booked on the same night as Kuroneko. 
No! And I didn't know who he was. Like, I followed him on Instagram. And I was like, oh, it's this dude in the cat helmet. Like, that's pretty sick. Uh, and then we both uh, DJed that night. And I got to talk to him for quite a while. And we realized, like, we had a lot of, like, similar interests. And, like, we were both playing house music. Uh, and he was just, like, super friendly dude. Also trying to make a name for himself in the scene. And like he let me try on his helmet and everything, you know. That was like his OG, OG, OG helmet and everything. Uh, Shout and, and kind of like, yeah, like he was just a very friendly guy from yeah. the get go, right? And like we exchanged numbers that night, and like I think from that point on, it's not like we saw each other all the time or anything like that. But uh, like I booked him for a couple of things, and then like he would book me, and like I think I think once, yeah, we went back to back in the side room. Mm. Uh, before and then another time like we both played in the main room like uh, he played right after me um, so like it's really interesting like me and him have like a kind of a long history now that was like you know three years ago at this point you guys like almost grew together right <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like insane like seeing how much he's like built a name for himself in the EDM scene uh, but he's like been super helpful because yeah like he's the one that introduced me to Ravery because we did yeah. the Under the Bridge rave a couple yeah. years ago and then um, obviously like the Halloween show recently so and honestly those two shows in themselves like I think I might have gained the most followers like that night and like two of the biggest gigs of my life in terms of like gain like building my you know community. image or building my community out right yeah um, so like I think both uh, him and Codex have played like a really big role in me mm -hmm. getting more into the electronic side. Mm -hmm. Well, that's like that's why we shouted you and Steve out <laughs> yeah. in that one episode because it was quite literally in in, in Yasu's episode because it was quite literally like um, shit MF day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like like I said, like I told Steve this. I I'm telling you this now. Yeah. <clears throat> I told Yasu this. Like my roommate came to the show and like. I told him, like, yo, Dubscrap's headlining, like, you should come out to the Halloween show. And he's like, okay, like, yeah, sure. But then when he showed up, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to dip, like, right before Dubscrap set. I'm like, you're going to leave before mm -hmm. Dubscrap? And he's like, oh, I already saw Dubscrap at, at, at Lost Lands. Like, mm -hmm. I was here for Kieran Echo, and I was uh, like, yeah. oh, that's sick. But I remember, I think, the set that gave him the most, like, guttural, like, face-face <laughs> reaction was yours. Because <laughs> you guys were playing, because Steve dabbles with Trap and, like, all the wonky yeah. shit sometimes, and y'all were playing, like, this wonky... You did this one where it was, like, that high-pitched, like, ding, 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 ding sound. Yeah. And my room, but, like, he looks at me, he's just like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm just like, I, I guess, like, you know, it was... Um, and so, yeah, I mean... And it's so cool, like, again, it's this community we've built. You're with Codex you know, and Yasu's with Ravery, mm -hmm. um, but like, it's not exclusive. I think we talked about this in the yeah. last episode with Me with Megatron. It's like, you have all these clubs, these DJ clubs, yeah. right? Codex, Milo, Club Curve, Ravery, all these DJ clubs. And it could be really easy to be like, these are my homies. Yeah. These are like who I back up. These are who I support. I'll only go to their shows. And you can start to view these other groups as competitors, yeah. right? <clears throat> but what I think again, to, to your point about the rave community, is that the rave community don't view, we don't view each other as competitors. We don't view each other as <clears throat> we gotta be better or one up this other person yeah. when we are all trying to do the same thing. Yeah. We're rising by listening to I, 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 Dude, I literally, when he I was talking like to Shade, bro, he, like, I, I've been on phone calls, I would call Shade. I literally would, yeah, right? Yeah. And I'd be like, ask for advice, right? Like, even for like, playing in the air, the next mm -hmm. I'd be like, because like, in my eyes, you're like, dude, you're here. 
Right? Like, you're like on a pedestal. That, that means a lot, man. I appreciate no, it. I appreciate it. And a lot of people see yeah. you that way, even if you don't see it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like you, you've been, you're, you have a name in the community here, right? Mm-hmm. And like, it's just like, it was so awesome. Really, to me, honestly, a lot. I love you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. I love you, too. (laughs) 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 He's, like, helped me so much with, like, I know I'd ask him advice on Uh the bill and, like, how to do this. And, like, he's helped me with lights and advice and everything and everywhere. And it's just, like, people say, like, the music industry is, like, super cutthroat. Right, and just, I it think it, like it is could, but not for uh, not yeah, for like yeah, this yeah. like local EDM community. Like everybody really helps everybody out. Like all, I don't know. It's different. I feel like I don't know. This is like a yeah. Whole I think world. there's a lot to like just finding like a like-minded group of people. Like in terms of growth and like development. Like if you find that group, like they'll skyrocket you to mm. new heights. You know because. Like even if I just think back, like when I used to DJ in college, I didn't really know any other DJs. So as a result. I didn't really try that hard to like build a brand or like even practice that much. But now that I hang out like every single week, like almost like every other day, I'm hanging out with people that are, you know, grinding, making music, or they're like working really hard on like making content or, or things of that nature. <laughs> like all of that stuff. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly. <literally> right here. <laughs> yeah. Like like all that stuff, like whenever I hang out with like this kind of group of people like I always go home like feeling inspired like thinking about like I go straight to the drawing board like thinking about what I can do next um, mm-hmm. and like that's only because like the community's there for it right yeah. but yeah like I think it's all it's really just all about finding your people you know finding your tribe that's really what it's about mm-hmm. I really think that you know the cool thing about the EDM community in the Pacific Northwest too if we go back to like our roots as the podcast it's like our tribe is the PNW rave scene and, and we, just our friends <clears throat> honestly just and our friends I mean yeah. how do you think like like you asked right yeah. like how did this podcast even yeah. start right like oh bro <laughs> like, you, you, you think about like and to where we are now like like the growth that we've seen in just like not even six months it's been incredible. I mean, do we have thousands of followers? No, but from where we began to where we are now to consistently have like close to 40, 50 people every week listening to our episodes is something that I like, like <clears throat> I would've been happy if the first episode got like 10 listens. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, at least that's 10 people. And like, yeah. I'd be like, it's probably 10 of my friends, you know, listening to it. <clears throat> the first episode got 120 listens. Yeah. And then ever since then, I mean, we we haven't hit that threshold in all of our other episodes, mm. but consistency, yeah. right? It's not always about virality. It's more about consistency. We got our faithful 40. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to you faithful yeah. 40 people that have been tuning in every week. Um, you know, as Steve said, it's important that you faithful people, like faithful sidequesters tune in every week because this isn't a space for myself, Michael, Zach, Adam when he's here, Sergio when he's here to, to grow. This is a space for us to just grow together with artists that are also aspiring to grow. People like Sid, people like Megatron last week, people like Steve, Sinful, Kieran Echo, all these people. Serge. And Sergio, yeah. <laughs> an artist here too. Like, like uh, we, uh, this is a space for us to elevate their voices. Yeah. Um, it's not a space for us to just talk about us yeah you know this podcast is when michael was like i want to have or he was like i think it would be smart if we had like an artist on 
like season two was all about artists mm-hmm. and like we just have booked an artist for every episode of season two we interviewed an artist like every episode for season two um you know he was like at first i was like dude that sounds really tricky but then i didn't realize how many people that i knew yeah yeah, yeah. and i was like wait and we're continually meeting and we're continually meeting and it's just <laughs> yeah. like it's 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 crazy to me that 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 growth has happened and you talk about building a community you talk about um, finding your tribe like that is something like just reaching out to Michael and Adam and being like hey yo you guys want to shoot a podcast and then being like yeah I'm down Zach's showing up <laughs> and I was a co-host Serge oh, like Zach literally like, just yeah. showed up yeah, to hang like, out you want to come hang out and watch it and they're like actually do you want to be in it and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's not what I want to do and that's what Sergio and then Sergio would come to watch come to watch in the Thunderdome he's like yo can I like hop on co-host for I was like yeah why not like like, but it's a, just for fun, yo. It's, it's, it's all it's, just like this know. is this is fun for us, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, do we want something more? Maybe yes. And if it doesn't ever amount to anything, at least this is something that's mm. fun for us to do. Yeah. And it's it's a way for us to network too, because even if we don't make it, you know, where we want to make it, or personally where I want to make yeah, it, the yeah. goals that I've set for this podcast. I've still gained so much from it. Yeah. From meeting people like Sid, like you, from meeting people no, dude, like, like yeah, Sergio and, yeah. and and meeting people like uh, uh, like Steve and and Megan and Irving and yeah. all of these people. Um, I think it's really cool because like outside of like just like recording the podcast and shit, it's like you become like friends. Mm-hmm. Like 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 yo, yeah, dude, we let's go, go get a burger. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We literally. No, Steve came and found us, yeah, and Steve then uh, I ran into Megan and Irving mm. and, and Nathan. Yeah, and I ran into Gil too. I mean, even Gil, Gil Chow, like much yeah, yeah, yeah. he's spending the night. Like, he's just the homie, yo. It's cool. Like, I think, like to your point, that's what I've said. Like, that, like I agree. Like, it's just been so cool. That like, Man, I would do fuck, yo. We don't even have to record. This shit's fun. That's what like Steve's been yeah. trying to do. Steve always brings his uh, lavaliers and he's like putting them on me. He's like, yo, let's mic up because we have so many genuinely good conversations and authentic conversations off off of okay. this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even just yeah. like when between cut, like between takes. Yeah, between yeah. takes. We're just sitting. Oh here. yeah. But I think that that's what I love more about this podcast and the podcast like what you guys as listeners hear yeah. and and like we want you guys to be to feel like you're in the room and that's why it feels like we're just having a conversation right but if you heard like just the genuine conversations that we have with our guests um, how do you think we became such good friends with Sergio yeah. you know like we were chilling here for another like four hours just like listening to him mix and like just shooting the yeah. shit mm-hmm. and with Steve same thing with with you you know you got yeah. here early that we had like a long break and yeah. we just kept talking um, Megan and, and yeah, you guys were out with Megan yesterday yeah. last week. Yeah, yeah. like literally. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's yeah. like it's just elevated beyond like the product itself, right? Yeah. And I think that's what makes it important, right? Like, I mean, even for me, like maybe I did start like getting involved in booking events because like part of me just wanted to be able to book myself whenever I wanted, right? Like yeah. that's probably part of the reason. <laughs> oh, kind of like, bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that's completely valid, by the way. That's the best way to get booked is to book yourself. Um, <laughs> but, like, to this point, like, now it, like, means so much more than that. Like, literally last night with the Palatine show, like, just being there, like, 
and seeing all these people thrive in that environment, like that in itself is worth it. So it's become bigger than just me wanting to book myself, right? And I think if you back it up a little bit about um, what you were saying earlier, I think it's maybe just like a good motto for life in general, but like just in terms of building a community, like the biggest thing to remember is that we're literally all in this together, Mm. right? Like we're all figuring it out as we go. And like, if you have that mindset going in, then that just like is conducive to creating that environment where everyone wants to help each other out. And we know that like, we're all going through the same struggles. We're seeing each other succeed in ways that maybe we wish we succeed in a certain way, but then they think of us like the same way for a different thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of that is just like, we can all learn from each other. There's like, I always say this, which is just like, there's plenty of room for everyone on the table. Right. You know, like, there's not like a finite amount of room I truly think that any, every single person can have a seat there you just had to like put in the work and get there right you had to be willing to ask for it and like build that um, like build those relationships and build that community we're playing for the same team yeah, I think that's like yeah. the important thing to remember in, in, in this space is we're all playing for the same team like we all have the same goal we all have the same shared love of raving and of making music and of listening to you know dance music and that shared love is something that should surpass any animosity any competition any and uh, anything because yeah. at the end of the day our goals are the same our mission is the same our passions are the same um and once you can get over that loop of like oh everything is super competitive to just why can't we just be one big happy family mm-hmm. um i think you know it's 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 super important people look at like Insomniac has monopoly on raving, yeah, right? yeah. and that may be true, right? For like bigger events. For bigger events, but it's like if you really don't like, like if, if you really are fed up with that, then just don't go to the bigger events. What if you just came to a small show, supported your local artist, supported local scene? Not play, see, dude, this, local. Honestly, sometimes like, they play the same never, music too. Like. <laughs> never felt any competition, or animosity from literally anyone, like locally, like even with the cypress. Yeah. Like, everybody's just like, there's just dude, so much fucking. Plur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the air, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, the jokes are writing themselves. I don't think anybody has, like, like, like when you were coming in with Codex, right? Like, you were never, like, put down, maybe. Maybe you were, I don't know. Yeah. But at least I wasn't, right? From, like, other, like, mm-hmm. you know, promoting groups or other DJs. Like, oh, man, get the fuck out of here. Like, never yeah, have yeah. I ever experienced that. Right? I don't know if you have. But, like, yeah, no, I think. I think definitely for a while I did experience that <gasps> in terms Plastic. of like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but Censored. it's like, it's like totally understandable in terms of like, as we were saying, like, uh, speaking about like maybe how there's like certain in groups or like clickiness, right? Yeah. Um, like I totally experienced like that in some aspects, like I went to a bunch of different events by different groups and like sometimes they wouldn't like actually want to talk to me, right? Uh, but not to blame them entirely like i can see the value in that in terms of being more exclusive you can be more focused on a certain group of people and like build like really strong bonds with like a smaller group versus thinking about you know building a large community so i don't want to completely like put down that approach uh but i will say that i definitely did experience it in some ways and i think there's like pros and cons no, give to the it tea. all right there's no tea over here you know there's just like there's like pros and cons to each and like at the end of the day like the way i see it's like we all are on our own path like mm. and we are we can still like reach towards the same goals we can still achieve the same things there's just 
like infinite different ways to get there. So for some people, it might be through having a really tight knit group of friends and you always spend time with those like five people mm-hmm. and do everything and like find success yeah. that way. And there's also That's, other people yeah. like us that yeah. find the success through building like a big community of people and actually like learning from a large variety of people um mm-hmm. a bunch of different that's, that's yeah so that's it's like at the end of the day it's like like just because what works for them like doesn't vibe with me doesn't mean like i should put it down right and that's what blur is about right yeah. like we can all be different and still like we're still at the end of the day as we were saying earlier we're all reaching for the same mission we have the same goals at the end of the day so yeah, I think I think it also just comes with like different phases, like phases of growth that you're in, right? Like sometimes oh, you need to just yeah. lock it down and yeah. not necessarily branch out because you really need to build that base yeah. first. Absolutely. And maybe that's what you experienced was like people were trying yeah, to really yeah. focus in first, and then you know maybe now they're in a, a spot that they could reach out and yeah. be more open for those connections. I think too. It, it, to your point too, sometimes I think it, it also it also has like something to do with balance. I think you can build a large community and have. A close-knit group of people within that community yeah. that that also doesn't put others down I'll give an example like for this podcast right we've mm-hmm. built a large community we've met a lot of people we've met a lot of artists we've made a lot of friends we've made a lot of fans even I could say right and it's like I've said in every episode like hey if you see us at a show if you see us at any place yeah. like, come say hi like just don't treat us like we're celebrities don't treat us like we're these famous people like we're just we're just your everyday normal people and if I were to be like, oh, who at the rave am I closest to? Who am I spending the most time with, right? I'm not spending the most time with this giant collection of the people. The rail. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the rail. the rail, yo. But for the rest of us, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like, you, we, we, we do. We do have the smaller group of people that we really, like, we really fuck with. They're yeah. like, they're, they're our homies. They're our ride or dies. They're yeah. our friends. They're the people that we love. And, and, and we also have a greater community that, hey, if I want to take a side quest for yeah, yeah. 20, 30 minutes, hey, I'll go say hi. Like whenever you go to the here. bathroom, you're going to run into some, like, if yeah. you're if you're people like us and you know some yeah. people, you're going to run into yeah. people anytime anyway, you go to the bathroom. Exactly. Right? Like, I'm going to make my best friend in the bathroom. <laughs> <line. Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, but that also has to do with raving, too. It's, yeah, it's yeah. the idea behind going to raves is we're all friends first. It doesn't matter, like, if I just met you, it doesn't matter if I've known you for 10 years. Like, we're all, we come to the space expecting to all be friends with each other and be at least be friendly with each other and we do we have our close-knit groups of friends and we have the people that we we are our ride or dies and we have the people that we 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 are you know we hang out with the most but it's not necessarily that we wouldn't like we would exclude others from hanging with us or talking with us or vibing with us just because we are close you know We're like not exclusive at all, but like joining the rave community, like actually getting into it was kind of like literally like just like, I've never, nobody ever like experiences like something like this. I think like everybody in the community, right? Like really, like I was wearing an excision hoodie, right? And I was on the light rail, like just yeah, yeah. <laughs> and people be like, yo, you went to excision? Yeah. Yeah. And then people were like, like yeah. all the community, just like even if they see that, like, oh, this guy's a favorite team. Yeah. Like, they like yeah. reach out. Right. Like, Dude, every time I see like the excision stickers on someone's car, I like drive past them. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 
Yeah. For the people that are listening, I'm throwing the Edson, you know? Or you, like, see they have, like, a bunch of stickers, and then, like, you, like, flash your brights at them, and you're like, hey, hey, notice! Dude, low-key almost becomes, once you become, like, not just going to raves, but, like, a raver, like, a cult following. Like, we're kind of, like, religious on that, dude. Dude, oh, it's so God, but EDM music, I guess. Yeah, like, like, it's it's so valid. You got a treasure of BTSM. <laughs> you go to church at BTS. Thank you so much, um, Sid, for just yeah. coming on the show and just being so open and willing to talk about your experiences. Um, I kind of just, yeah, we got to wrap it up. So yeah. I kind of just wanted to end with what you always ask, Zach, yeah. and that is um, just let us know what you got coming up uh, as an artist and as a raver and like. <laughs> Uh, any uh, any goals you got for this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So definitely a couple things coming up. You know, I got Kawhi Rave March first. That's at Substation. We in the big room. Nice. Playing drum and bass to close out the night. Um, same weekend on that Sunday, March third, we're doing a little rooftop boiler room set. Pretty limited tickets, so go cop those right now as you're listening to this. Uh, and then beyond that, you know, looking forward. Uh, Working on throwing a couple more events uh, with the homies at Get Down, uh, which is like another event group that I work with. Uh, we're, we got something special coming for y'all. Um, and in terms of goals, I mean, for me this this year is, I think the big one is honestly try to DJ um, out of state. I think Ooh. I think some place like California, New York, uh, those are. <laughs> I think those are some places that like I know a lot of people. Um, and, and as a result, I feel like, you know, if I put my mind to it, I can make it happen this year. Um, so that's you what I'm working it towards. Yeah. <laughs> you will. Yeah. You just manifested it. Yeah. I fucking yeah. manifested this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Look what yeah, yeah. Six yeah. months from now, dude. He's like, oh, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> back at the episode, yeah. he called yeah. me. Six months from now, I'm manifesting. Psychos yeah. podcast yeah. is going to be the number one Pacific Northwest Rave podcast. Go. Six months from now, I'm manifesting that Sid's going to be playing out of state and he's going to be on stages at festivals across the nation. Same with Karen Echo. Same with Steve. Same with everyone we've had on our show they're gonna be on stages across the nation yeah. and uh, this podcast is gonna be the number one podcast in BMW for raving I'm calling it now <laughs> manifesting it now with that being yeah. said side questers <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in um, to this episode thank you for giving Sid the space to share his story giving us the chance to just bring and present him to you guys um, again our giveaway go enter follow the Instagram we want to give away this Millennium ticket please 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 let us do this for you guys we want to give it away to someone we don't know someone that we want to meet someone brand new talking about building community right um, and yeah go follow Immortal Events because the the rooftop shows and you're you're yeah, helping run it guys it's not- yeah, yeah. Uh, for Immortal EDM we have tomorrow at the time of this recording that will be passed it will be over but it's at the time of the recording it's tomorrow <laughs> thank you all but yeah thank you guys all that came out I really appreciate it wait you want to know what's funny <laughs> at the time that this video is posted Plur in the Air will have just ended so it's yeah, like yeah. yo it just <laughs> happened and sorry for all of you guys that missed out <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Uh,
Uh, I'm actually yeah. also playing at Captivate Radio um, yep. on yeah. March 3rd, mm-hmm. too. That's my debut. Like, uh, yes, on the sir. Yes, sir. It's literally right next door to like the Madden Club, too, bro. Yeah. So, yeah just, just look up. Just look up. Yeah, yeah. You'll see the lasers. <laughs> yeah, and uh, go listen to Sergio's uh, Solio uh, Music's new uh, EP. Not so Dragon new, it's still new. Still new. Uh, Dragon Fruit. Go listen to all streaming platforms. It's super dope. We want to give you that. They're going to throw like a hundred links in the bio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, the, the description's just going to be flooded with follows. Yeah. Uh, but the big ones, guys, if you want to keep hearing more content like this, give us a follow on Instagram. Give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to us on. Yeah. Go follow Mortal EDM on Instagram um, for all future events that we'll be hosting with local artists. Go follow Sid at S-I-I-D-R-A-O on uh, Instagram uh, for uh, also his bookings um, and chances that you can get in. Follow Sergio at Solio Music um, and then follow all of the hosts individually if you want to. Uh, we're here. We're here to just listen to you. If you just want to hang out, hit the DM. Just want to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with that being said, thank you for listening, SideQuesters. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will catch you in the next one. Keep on rolling.